session with Dr. Farid Holakou. Good evening. Welcome to In Session. I'm your host, Dr. Fadi Talakwi, and I'll be with you for the next hour here on Radio Hamra. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or like my page on Facebook to get updates on the show or suggest topics or books for the program. And the shows are uploaded then each week to my SoundCloud page and podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Very excited for my guest tonight, who I'll introduce to you now. Anahita Kashefi is a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified couples and sex therapist, and ketamine therapist, licensed in California, Utah, and Colorado. She specializes in ketamine and psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, and issues unique to the creative field. She's had the privilege of completing advanced ketamine therapy trainings with Dr. Phil Wolfson, a leader in, in pioneering ketamine therapy, whom she now works with at his ketamine clinic in the Bay Area. She sees patients for ketamine therapy throughout Northern and Southern California and facilitates ketamine retreats in Utah and Colorado. In addition to her work as a psychotherapist, she also studied music and is a seasoned musician and performer. Welcome to the show, Anahita Kashefi. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Such it's really a pleasure. Likewise. And I mentioned you do so many different things, but uh, tonight we're going to focus more on the ketamine-assisted psychotherapy that you've uh, had trainings and experience <laughs> in. And it's something that I'm really excited to, to jump into and to get yes. your expertise and experience in. Um, but maybe we can even start bigger picture of just psychedelics and some of these alternative alternative modes of therapy or medicines that have been used because it really is we're talking before the show a movement or really a movement back towards um, lots of medications or different plant yeah. substances that can be very beneficial so maybe if you maybe you can talk on just psychedelics in general and some of your thoughts on that absolutely so um, yes like you said there is a huge revolution happening mm -hmm. right now as people are rediscovering um, the benefits of these medicines um, for a long time um, you know from the war on drugs uh, Nixon era um, they um, made these substances illegal when during that time like in the 60s 70s 50s 60s 70s they were actually um, doing a lot of research mm -hmm. on these medicines and clinical trials and um, you know seeing the benefits of it and then got completely shut down so um, now there's this reemergence yeah. um, everybody's talking about it mm -hmm. it's really exciting um, right now ketamine is the only legal uh, substance in the United States uh, the legal psychedelic that we can use um, therapeutically for now uh -huh. um, I think probably in the next year or so um, psilocybin and MDMA will be approved by the FDA for um, therapeutic use, yeah. which is very exciting for us. Very exciting. Yeah, I think for us as mental health professionals, but for the whole public, because I've talked about this on recent shows, 
you know, it's not to say psychiatric medications don't work. They help mm-hmm. many people, but we also see the, the limits in at times for, for certain treatments. Right. And it's exciting, you know, to see new types of treatments because you'll hear some psychiatrists or people in the field say, we really haven't had big advances when it comes to yeah. psychiatric medications for quite some time. Yeah. But the psychedelics might be, again, it's like you're saying a revolution. Yeah. It's like a renaissance bringing back yeah. something that was being... Yeah. studied extensively decades ago right um, but now in the last few decades is having this big resurgence yeah which is quite exciting and and we talked before the show about yeah. how to change your mind by Michael Pollan yeah. a great book Absolutely. to get some insight into the history of this whole as you mentioned the war on drugs and then how that yeah. led to this backlash Timothy Leary and others yeah. who are at the forefront and some of the things that they did in the reactions unfortunately mm-hmm put kind of a freeze on decades, Mm -hmm. uh, a decades freeze Mm -hmm. on researching psychedelics, but it's really exciting to see this resurgence. Yeah, it's so exciting to see the resurgence. And, um, you know, yes, as you said, there are certainly uh, plenty of medications that are beneficial and help Mm -hmm. people. And, and some, you know, some don't. Um, And so, you know, finding, well, well, what can we do when, you know, SSRIs don't work or, you know, certain medications don't work um, when, you know, why, why can't we explore alternative modalities of healing? Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, okay, what, why psychedelic medicine? Um, What is it? You know, it's, it's basically um, exploring non-ordinary states of consciousness. Um, And they go in places where the intellect is afraid to go, um, you know, zeroing in on blocks, um, defenses, constructions, dysfunctions of the mind, distortions that accumulate over time, and um, we have trouble breaking through mm-hmm. these defenses because um, they're they're they've been intact for years and years and years to. Um, you know, from trauma, for example, to help us survive. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we get stuck. Yep. Um, so, so what what these medicines can do is uh, provide clarity and openness, uh, making it possible to reclaim your whole self. Um, hmm. I think he, he, you know, what is healing? Healing is acknowledging, um, acknowledging what whatever that is that trauma or that pain or that suffering first we have to acknowledge it then we have to feel it then we have to integrate it why do we have to feel it um because when we feel things we can discharge it and then be free of it Hmm. um so so sometimes these medicines can you know if we're stuck it can break through yeah that yeah i think you know um that breaking through you know you talked about the the ways we get stuck in certain ways of of thinking. And um, in recent years, almost every book on neuroscience that I read talks so much more about how the brain is less a thinking machine and more a predicting machine. Mm -hmm. And so what we've experienced, everything we've gone through, creates these grooves that become just, we don't even realize they're there because they become so automatic, but they can be so self-limiting and and hurting us and restricting us. And when you say, you know, our true self or that authentic self, I think that's so beautiful. And it's not necessarily to me like there's this one self that we mm-hmm. we have, but that having that flexibility to 
break out of those grooves allows us to experience the whole human experience where we all have different aspects of ourselves that we've probably closed off or don't yeah. think is okay or you know if you want to from a Jungian perspective put in our shadow yeah. that we can embrace integrate and it can be so hard exactly. even the shadow self mm-hmm. right when when we can when we can um, allow that to live and breathe and understand it um, and, and integrate that I think that's when when we're our healthiest yeah yeah. yeah, I think yeah, to me, I, you know, it's like some people think, well, should you be this way or should you be that way? Mm-hmm. Should you be assertive or passive or aggressive and or, you know, more masculine or feminine, whatever that mm-hmm. means. And to me, the the goal is always that flexibility that you have the whole repertoire yeah. of whatever it might be, because there isn't one way that's the right way to be in every situation. And so the more we have that flexibility, the better Yeah, we can have better relationships, first starting with the yeah. relationship with ourselves so. and then, you know, extending that outward and as you said the like psychedelics it's not that they just fix it completely but they can allow for some sometimes i think of it's like uh it makes you more flexible now the muscles can stretch more doesn't mean that you'll completely change but it gives you that possibility for new openings right that's a beautiful way of saying that so it's that it's that flexibility that um you know maybe I can think about this thing that I've been thinking about the same way my entire life. Um, maybe I can, maybe I can think about it differently. Um, and, uh, a new narrative, a new Mm -hmm. way of being, um, it, 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 it can give us, um, a a break from our obsessions, our, um, you know, that, that, way that we've been thinking for so long and um you know it's a catalyst so it's not like you said it's not just the medicine that although these medicines are powerful on their Mm -hmm, own mm -hmm. it's it's not that they are magic and will change you it's like well once you get to those insights that are experienced through the medicine how do we hang on to that yeah and and having somebody that is experienced that can guide you through that that understands how these medicine medicines work understand the framework and um you know help you stay on track Mm -hmm. yeah i think that and that's something that we definitely will will be touching on tonight is that as you said the medicines themselves do have powers and people have experiences when they take them that can be very important but it can be so much more meaningful to do as as you're uh, doing the ketamine assisted th- psychotherapy doing therapy alongside to really benefit or make get the most yeah. out of the experience to uh, you know when these new things are possibly opening up or things are being shaken or someone explained it to me they said they saw you know it's like um, grooves in the snow when you go over them over time yeah. but then the psychedelic could kind of be like powdering yeah i think you had mentioned that to me <laughs> that it becomes like a you know it's like a new um powdering the snow again and now yeah. you can have the openness oh. for new possibilities that might not have felt possible before that absolutely and and the the therapy portion is um well let's let's anchor to that you know you realize that you can go this other direction mm-hmm. um and so, you know, you know, a lot of people will have these, you know, deep, profound experiences and insights, but when they can't, they don't know how to anchor to it and, and continue to work through it, which is the therapy part. That's mm-hmm. work. We have to, if yeah. we want to change something, we have to put effort yeah. and we have to work at it. You know, we can't, no, no substance is going to fix you. Right. Um, no medicine is going to fix you. You have to do the work. Yeah. And so 
now that you've realized, oh my gosh, I can go this direction and I actually f- can feel that because with the, these medicines help you, it's feel feel the insight. Mm. It's not just, I got this message. It's you actually feel it. Um, now yeah. let's, let's work on get, getting you there yeah. in this new narrative. That's so, you know, that's so interesting you said feeling because I think obviously uh, humans were so complex and there's so many layers and so many things going on at the same time. Uh, but often the therapy, you'll, you know, you be with a client, you're like, oh, it seems like you feel this way because, you know, your parents, uh, you know, something in your childhood that, and it's like kind of just in a semantic, yeah. logical, abstract yeah. way. And it, and it has some impact, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily change the way they feel. They're like, oh, I guess I'm like, you know, scared of relationships because of that. But yeah. it doesn't mean now they're going to go embrace relationships because yeah. the feeling hasn't changed. And next time, they're in that situation, that feeling is going to come up again. I'm like, oh, don't yeah. go that way. And so yeah. I think what you're saying is that this allows for some new feelings to come about that yeah. then if you process and work through can allow for you to take that going forward and turn it into action. Right. And that's the, that's the transformation. Yeah. And that's why I'm, yeah. I, you know, I'm really excited for us to get into that because one of the things I, you know, even I talk about therapy on the show a lot itself is that there's a lot of myths and misconceptions and even some, you know, it's almost scary for some people. I'm going to go talk to someone and what are they going to do? And I think mm-hmm. for things like ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, mm-hmm. I could see that that might be even stronger because you're mm-hmm. like, what is it like? You know, mm-hmm. it might be a little bit scary for some people. So mm-hmm. I think after the break, maybe we could walk or you could walk us through yeah. a bit of what it looks like, you know, yeah. maybe some myths and misconceptions, but also what to expect so what that people yeah. kind of know that it's not probably as scary as you might think it is or you might be afraid it might mm-hmm. be. So mm-hmm. after the break, we'll continue discussing Ketamine-assisted psychotherapy with Anahita Kashefi. We'll be right back. Welcome back again, my guest tonight, Anahita Kashefi, and we're talking about ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, but maybe let's focus on that first part of it, ketamine, because I realize we didn't actually say exactly what that is, so maybe you can share with the listeners what ketamine is. Absolutely. Um, so ketamine is a medicine. It was first discovered in 1962, um, and it, it started being used as a general anesthetic in 1970. Um, it's, it's approved for use with children, adults, the elderly, pregnant women, um, which you know shows you that it's a safe medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since then it's been widely used in hospitals um, for office procedures due to its rapid onset short duration of action and superior safety. Um, it, it, like I said, general anesthesia, it's also um, used to help with uh, acute and chronic pain. Uh, it's used in the battlefield uh, and emergency departments worldwide. Um, it's an anxiolytic. Yes, anxiolytic to help with um, preop preoperative and end-of-life right. anxiety mm-hmm. um, and you know and we use it as a rapid onset antidepressant to treat chronic depression and other uh, treatment resistant conditions uh, it's the only legal hallucinogenic drug available to conduct psychedelic psychotherapy for now um, so yeah. it's a little bit of background on the medicine. Great. You know, it, you. when it's used in the hospital setting, uh, it's used at, at much, much higher right. doses for anesthesia. So when we're using it therapeutically, it's m- like a fraction of the dose 
that's used in the hospital settings. Yeah, so. I think it's a good point because I think when people hear, oh, it's anesthetic, they think it might be put under, but it's um, much yeah. milder, uh, so you actually experience it more in that way. But yeah, thank you for that, some of that background. Mm -hmm. As you said, it's been mm -hmm. used for decades and used even in, on children, mm -hmm. so it is mm -hmm. safe. But even still, as we'll get into the protocol, mm -hmm. you if you're doing ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, even if you're doing that with the psychotherapist, mm -hmm. there is clearances you're going to get medically to make of sure course. there's nothing to be worried about on that yeah. end. Um, and so maybe we can get into that. But we can also talk about, I mean, if you're open to it, I'm open yeah. to it, that I'm actually going to go through this process with you. Yes. And that's, you know, how we connected and then, you know, all of this came about. And so I do want to be, you know, first of all, that's maybe some level of vulnerability, just sharing that. But even as I'm talking about it, it's like, hey, it's nothing to be worried about. I have some feelings of anxiety mm -hmm. related to going through the process because I yeah. haven't done something quite like that. And I'm trusting that it's going to be a good experience, trusting you and the, you know, the professionals that you also work with. But right. I would have to be very frank and say, yeah, there's some anxiety that I experience yeah. when I think about doing that. And so yeah. I thought it'd be cool just to, to share that so people um, hear just, and I might actually talk about my experience afterwards. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to do that. But yeah, just wanted to share that. I think it's cool. And I appreciate you walking through that journey with me Absolutely. and so as you discussed the process I was kind of joking with you before that I'll be like listening both as a host and like yeah. a listener like like what am I going to go through so I know what to expect uh, but yeah so I think I'm pretty excited about that though yeah we have a live uh, patient here yeah that's live patient. I'm not on right now I'm not on it right now just drinking water but um, yeah I'll be sued having that experience in a couple of weeks but I think it's just yeah. A fun thing for people to know that yeah. it's uh yeah it's yeah, you know, scary at times but it's okay. I I absolutely want to validate that experience. Um, in, it, it, doing something you've never done before is anxiety provoking, sure. especially when you're going to be in a non ordinary state of mind, um, and you don't have experience in with with that you yeah. know with other medicines psychedelics. So mm -hmm. of course you're like, well, what what's that going to be like? Am I going to lose control? Am I going to shout out my deepest, darkest secrets? What's going to happen? <laughs> you know, maybe I'll all be normal. Above, yeah. <laughs> so, um, thank so, you. I feel like this turned into like a therapy session for me all of a sudden. Thank you. That was very <laughs> validating and soothing. Um, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. some of that of like, I think a big thing for a lot of people with psychedelics and I can relate to that is like this sense of losing control, Yeah, which can feel scary, but it's yeah. also, I think a big part of, vulnerability and when you trust people and trust you know the world to be taken care of there is some Absolutely. degree of letting go that is necessary so i think uh going through this will be helpful for me in that way yeah. and that's so there's multiple i think levels to it that i'm interested and excited about there's there's so much to talk about here so um it, you know it um sorry um yeah, so, you know, first point, a really important point is, um, you know, you, in order to do this experience, you should be doing it with somebody who understands, yeah, has been through it themselves, knows what it feels like, and is highly trained, right? Um, yeah. you, 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 you need to know what this medicine in this whole experience feels like and if you're undergoing this process. So if you're a, a client, that is interested in this therapy, when you're doing your research, you make sure that the person is trained and specialized yeah. in ketamine-assisted psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, there are a, a lot of places, unfortunately, um, you know, that if for, it's could because it could be very profitable. Um, some clinics um, that um, you know popping up around the states. So you just want to make sure that yeah. who you're seeing, their hearts in it, right? Um, because that's also a huge part of the experience is that you know the therapist that you're sitting with um, is really enthusiastic about this process and in, in your transformation and uh, your well-being and yeah. um, knows what this experience is like yeah um, i think it's good yeah we're gonna and i think when we get into the protocol you can explain what that will look like for people and what to expect what i'm gonna yeah. get to experience and expect as well but i think that's really um a good point that you know people i think anytime there's new treatments that yeah. come out there are people that are gonna make honest mistakes or like out of not knowing and there's yeah. people that will take advantage or try to you know, profit or make yeah. it the most profitable that might yeah. cut corners and it'll be much less about the patient or client's experience yeah. and much more about the profit. And so I think yeah. you're right that it's important to be aware of who you're working with and people that are really approaching it the right way. And that's why I think it's good that you're going to share what it right. can look like. And, right. and not every clinic is going to look exactly like yours, but some of the basics that might be important yeah. to, to so, look for. So my advice to everyone listening who wants this treatment or for a family member or whatever is um, that wherever you are seeking ketamine th tr ketamine treatment that there is therapy with it in mm -hmm. conjunction with they're not just administering the medicine because you're not gonna you're you're, you're gonna feel relief probably but um, you're not gonna have any long-term a benefit because you're not using therapy around the medicine so that's going to create some sort of dependence. Not not that the medicine is de uh, has dependence, but you're going to have to keep seeking out the medicine in order to feel better. And that's not what we want. We want you to have the treatment and feel and have lasting change, mm -hmm. and you go on with your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't want you to keep continuing to come back and having to get the medicine yeah. without any sort of um, processing around it. Uh, so, so that's my advice to anyone who's interested in doing this. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is important because, um, you know, and I've seen different processes. I've even been involved in, in seeing how you, you manage that. And, and what, what I'm interested to hear from you is about what, what does that even look like? What the therapists, uh, you in this case, do as far as when we talk about the assisted psychotherapy piece yeah. of it. Because, you know, yeah, I'm sure it looks, it probably has similar principles to a typical psychotherapy session, but I'm mm -hmm. sure in some ways it's also different which we can look at and I think something you mentioned earlier another thing for me um, first and foremost I think I'm doing these things personally these experiences I'm trying to have but I also know as a clinician myself if I'm going to work with people that have either gone through it or if I want to recommend or you know encourage or talk about it on my show that it can be meaningful for me to go through it just like as therapists we have to go through our own therapy exactly even to just like graduate you know from our yeah. graduate programs but yeah. you know it can really help to know what it's like to be on the other side of the couch or the, the video call it in some of these sessions yeah. these days but um, yeah so for me it's I think it's important to experientially go through it to mm -hmm. know what it is if I talk mm -hmm. about it because mm -hmm. at this point I, I would only be able to talk about it in an abstract theoretical type of way yeah right it's like you're not gonna go read a book about taekwondo and then know how to yeah. teach people taekwondo right right you're gonna go and experience this and really really know and understand what that is exactly. like yeah um and so you know the question about the process um so you know like uh 
first and foremost, um, you you know, reaching out to a ketamine-assisted psychotherapist so I can just walk through what my process is and how I do this kind of therapy. Um, so if somebody were to reach out to me, um, first I, ha- you know, you need to do a, a medical eval with a um, psychiatrist, MD, um, a psychiatric nurse, um, somebody who's specialized in working with ketamine. Um, the reason why you need to do the medical eval first is to be assessed whether or not you are a good candidate for this kind of medicine mm-hmm. or therapy. Make sure there are no contraindications. Um, you know, psychologically, that you know it's you know you're you're stable enough to do something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have the assessment. Um, so, like we're doing tomorrow, you're yeah. you're meeting with um, you know the the psychiatrist I work with uh, for an intake, um, and then from there, uh, you know, we're gonna uh, do if if the candidate if you're a good candidate for the therapy, then um, uh, you know there there are a few different ways that we work with this medicine. So um, there's something called psycholytic sessions psycholytic means low dose Hmm. medicine plus talk therapy that's a psycholytic session so you and i could be sitting here you would take the medicine maybe in a lozenge form Mm -hmm. uh, 15 minutes before our therapy session it takes about 15 minutes if you're taking it in a lozenge for it to to feel the effects of the medicine Um, it's not a moderate or high dose it's a very low dose where it's just enough for you to experience a softening of your defenses. Mm. And then we have a therapy session and we're talking while you're feeling the medicine. And you're, it really helps you get to certain places where you might feel blocked or defended. Mm. So that's a psycholytic session. Um, and then we can do something that's more of a moderate to higher dose of the medicine. Um, and, you know, there are different r- routes of administering the medicine. So I mentioned the lozenges. Right. Um, there's intramuscular, which is IM. That's a shot. Um, or there's IV. And then there, you know, there's also nasal spray, but we don't... In, from. In, no one that I work with that's specialized, we don't use nasal spray. There's also like um, higher risk of dependency with nasal spray because it's so mm-hmm. easy to just do it. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't want that. We don't use it. So um, with um, IM or IV, you need a doctor or a psychiatric nurse to uh, administer the medicine. Uh-huh. Um so with that, you know, if you were coming into my clinic to do moderate to high dose therapy session, we usually book three hours for that because it's, um, we do about an, an hour of therapy intention setting. Why do we do intention setting? Because the frame of mind that you're in going into this experience is so important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the psychedelic medicines can amplify they amplify your experience so if if we are really cognizant about what is your intention and prepare it and treat it like a ceremony mm. because it can be a very beautiful and sacred experience yeah um and then when you're ready um you know we would administer the medicine you know the doctor would determine what dose is appropriate 
you'd have your journey. Um, usually you're lying down because ketamine's an anesthetic. You're not going to be walking around. Hmm. That's dangerous. Um, so you're going to be lying down in a comfortable place um, with eye shades on and music. And that's going to provide a deep experience for you. You're not, you're, we're, we're not having a conversation in this moderate to higher dose uh-huh. experience. Um, some people might say things when they're in their journey. Um, if they do, you know, take note of it and ask them about it afterwards. Um, some Most people don't talk because um, they just go really inward. But I've also sat with people that are talking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so it just depends on the person. Yeah. Everybody responds so differently when they're in there. You're exploring your unconscious mind you're you're you know so it's hard to say right. how you're going to respond yeah um by the way when you're like explaining all that i feel like we're about to start like you were so good at setting the, the tone and the context I was like all right i'm ready let's start <laughs> but good. um yeah that, that was pr- that was really good but yeah that's a uh and and when i think you know we're actually at our last commercial break mm-hmm. and you know didn't mean to cut you off in mm-hmm. explaining that process but maybe even like i would be so curious to hear, like what you know as a therapist is it different? I'm sure in a lot of ways you're allowing the the client to express what's coming up for them, but is the, you know is the focus different? How you know the processes or what those at the lower doses what those um, therapy sessions are like? If if you're open to that, we can maybe get a little bit into like what you've seen, what you've experienced, like you know all that good stuff. Sure, all sounds right. good. Let's go into our last commercial break again. My guest, psychotherapist Anahita Kashefi. We will be right back. Welcome back again, my guest, psychotherapist Anahita Kashefi. We were talking about ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, and you were going through the process that first right. you would meet with um, a, a psychiatrist or mm-hmm. a, a medical doctor to mm-hmm. get the clearance from that side mm-hmm. and also make sure you're psychologically sound and mm-hmm. a good candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were talking about the sessions themselves, and there's right. different ways of administering how to... Um, uh, administer the the ketamine and then i was you know curious getting into the the psychotherapy sessions themselves and i'm sure each one is different and there's different people and so many different things but if there's anything you can share about your experience doing this because it's clear to me from talking to you that you're passionate about it so that you've seen benefits for people and so anything you know you can share in that realm that might help people understand why they might want to consider this as a possible possible treatment for themselves Absolutely. Yes. Um, okay. So uh, I'll I'll kind of jump in where we had left off, which was uh, what what is like a mm-hmm. more moderate to higher dose cap. Cap yeah. stands for ketamine assisted psychotherapy session. Look like. Um, so you know, I, I kind of talked about you know the the journey. That's the your the effect of the medicine, which usually lasts about. 45 minutes, sometimes an hour and a half. It just depends on the person's sensitivity to the medicine, but usually no more than an hour and a half, which is also another reason why we like using this medicine because it's not, doesn't last seven, eight, 10, 12 hours like some of the other psychedelic medicines, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you go in, you have your journey, you have your insights, you know, and then you come out pretty quickly and then. Um, and then, you know, the therapist is with you, waiting for you. And then we make sense of your experience. So that, again, therapy, more therapy. 
Um, and then, um, you know, that's what we call therapy integration. So we're going to integrate what you experienced um, into your life moving forward. Mm. What are we? What are you going to take with you? What did you learn? Um, you had a time out from your ordinary mind. Um, you. This is an opportunity for newness. Uh, you know how how are we going to use this to your benefit? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what the therapy integration portion is, and that's the most important part, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's right after, like when they're coming. So that's you know that's what we're gonna do after in that kind of three hour block. But yeah. then you know hopefully I'm meeting with you again, you know uh, depending on how many sessions we assess how many sessions we're going to start with you know based on what you're coming in with mm-hmm. and um you know we're we're going to meet it's hard for me to give you a number yeah. of frequency but maybe you have um three to six ketamine sessions and we do maybe you know a couple months of therapy integration oh, for example okay. i'm not I'm just yeah. throwing numbers out because right. it's really unique case from by person case. to person. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So, but there's some that's happening while they're on the the medicine, but then there's mm-hmm. some that happen when they've come yeah. out of that and then processing and yeah. integrating it. So sometimes I might see I might see somebody once or twice a month for ketamine therapy. Like, let's say I see them once a month, and then I'm doing a therapy integration. You know, a week later or two weeks later, in between. Got it. You know, so yeah. it really kind of depends. Sure. Yeah. And you, I think we've touched on it, but I don't know if actually I asked you directly about what types of issues people would, you know, ketamine mm. gets, mm-hmm. you know, is used as a treatment for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so many. So uh, depression is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anxiety, PTSD, OCD, um you know, and, and, and so much more than that, um, because anytime you, you know, it can really help with any sort of blocks or plateaus that you might reach. Let's say you've done a lot of inner work, um, and you've, you've been in your own therapy for a long time, but you reach this point where there's something that you're, you're getting stuck in and you, and you can't understand why, Mm -hmm. um, that, it will kind of help that hump. Um, you know, I, I had a, a client that um, just, I adore that I've been seeing for a very long time since COVID, two years now. And um, he uh, made leaps and bounds in therapy, just f- very committed to his growth and change. Mm-hmm. And then um, it was interested in doing ketamine therapy with me. So, um, we did a, a treatment and we did, well, we did three ketamine treatments um, in conjunction with his ongoing therapy. And that experience, um, actually, um, he he had this moment where he, he had a, um, a eating, a, what's it called? Um, he was overeating mm-hmm. and it was a big issue. He had a um, like binge, binge eating. eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, through his ketamine treatment, um, it was like this, he just had this moment, he was like this urgency of this needs to stop, it needs to stop now. Mm. Um, and so 
that was in December, and he's lost 70 pounds um, since that treatment. And that was all, you know, it was just, it was transformative. Um, yeah. And and he also did the work, but it was a it was a catalyst. It was yeah. a moment. It was a, it was a pinnacle that changed his direction forever. And so we also use this medicine in treating addiction because um, it can help with these these realizations, but that it's not just a cognitive realization, it is felt, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's very different. Yeah, I think what, I, I like that you added that, um, you know, it's the catalyst and he had to do the work, because I think, yeah. understandably, we're all looking for, if there's an easier way to do something, we'd all love yeah. that, right? So I it's, think that's human nature, yeah, right? Just exactly. give me, change is hard, right? Mm -hmm. The human organism, uh, does not like change mm -hmm. because it's hard and we don't like things that are hard. Yeah. Um, but if you really want to change something, you got to work at it. Yeah. And so as you're saying that, you know, it's not that the ketamine is going to be a weight loss pill or, you uh -huh. know, a depression fixer or anything like that, but it can really give you a lot like a catalyst or support mm -hmm. to open up new ways of healing that you might not have accessed before. And as yeah. you were talking about, it's in conjunction with therapy. So it's not just take it and you're going to be yeah. change your life completely on your own. Again, people have transformative experiences taking psychedelics on their own. However, yeah. you're going to much more likely have a better experience using the therapy alongside with the medicine. Yeah, that's going to be the most transformative, lasting yeah. change. I mean, that's something we've actually, you know, uh, in since grad school, even with non-psychedelic, but just medications, it's always like almost always the best combination yeah. was medication always. and therapy, right? And yeah. so it's the same theme again yeah. there's no easy way out of it you probably will have to do some work i even remember with that you know just antidepressants when clients years ago would ask me well does it help or what is it going to do and i would say well look it's kind of like you're in a dark well right now mm -hmm. depression can feel that way and it's not like the pills is going to take you out but right now you feel so deep you can't get out the medication if it helps and it can help some people it's going to give you some of the boost but then you're going to climb the rest of the way but it's going to make it possible for you to get your way out. So it's not like it's just going to fix everything and now your life is good. I also think as painful and as destructive as depression can be, there can also be insights that people gain through their depression as well. So it's yeah. this complex phenomenon right. where obviously we don't want people to get depressed and have yeah. some of the horrible experiences they can have, but not to just think of it as this thing that has to just get erased completely. Yeah, it's, you know? it's telling us something. Yeah. Um, I love that the way that you described that like you're in a dark well and then uh, it helps you climb out but then you need the therapy to walk forward right yeah. so I think that's such a beautiful frame um, and then you know yeah there's always information everything is information my sadness mm -hmm. is information yeah absolutely what is it telling me my pain is information so we're not erasing this this is yeah these emotions are part of the human experience and being alive, but um, more of like, you know, let me shed curiosity on this and figure out why this is here. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do about it? Because I have a choice. This yeah. is my life. This is my autonomy. Um, and, I, and I'm free to live it the way that I want to. Yeah. I think it's, you know, really powerful this, you know, even what you're saying, because sometimes to face those feelings, we have to feel okay enough to face them. You know, and people are running away from them or avoiding them or too overwhelmed by them. Yeah. And so I think sometimes this therapy or that could be, I'm sure from the ketamine uh, assisted therapy that you can 
face some of the things that maybe you're avoiding to actually get the information. What is the message there? Rather than yeah. it just hurts or it's overwhelming. It's like, what yeah. is it trying to teach me? Yeah. Learn that lesson. And sometimes through learning that lesson, we can then move forward and not have that feeling hold us back anymore. Right. And then uh, absolutely. And again, like it is, it is information, right? So what, when you say, what is the sadness telling me? Maybe it's telling me I need to make a change. Maybe mm-hmm. it's telling me mm-hmm. I'm really unhappy mm-hmm. and I don't like my work and I'm really unfulfilled. And instead of masking it and avoiding it, putting it in a box, let me put it over here, let me self-medicate, blah, blah, blah. Like this is, this sadness can, depression can actually be very beneficial in helping us make really pivotal changes that ultimately make us happier. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a big thing for me even on the show, talk about this theme a lot of that, what we the quote unquote negative emotions are not negative. They're giving you information. And if we yeah. avoid them or think the goal in life is just to get rid of them, we miss that very, very valuable information that, that is there and our body is, is trying to tell us. Yeah. Um, but coming back to this, because we just have a few minutes mm-hmm. left, this mm-hmm. is just like, you know, what people, you know, can expect and things. I think you did a great job of outlining, uh, uh, you know, everyone's experience is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Every clinic might do, do it in slightly different ways. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you gave us a nice overview of what people can go through. Um, you know, is there any like last words you have to people who are considering it? Because, you know, my my thought always is like there's there's no one size fits all. There's no there's one the, treatment yeah. or thing that's for yeah. everyone. But any thoughts just like, you know, to leave the audience with as we're wrapping things up on this topic? Tough question. I know I put you on the spot. It, yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I think I I am very passionate about this subject because of what I've witnessed. Um, it it how it works in, in, in beautiful ways in my own personal experience with the medicine and my transformation in my life. Um, and uh, however, it is not a one size fits all. And mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't, it's not the best, sure. the best treatment for er- anyone, everybody. It's, yeah. it's, it might not work for you and there might be a different, um, avenue that works for you and so you know if you try it, it, it don't give up don't say that you know oh this this thing is supposed to work and and it didn't and so then I'm you know doomed it's it's not a one-size-fits-all so it works well for some people and it doesn't work for others and that's that's okay everybody's different mm-hmm yeah, I'm actually the book I'll talk about Wednesday is called The Neuroscience of You, and it's talking about how every brain really is different. Like you know, there's thing you know, yeah. obviously like anything, there's overlaps and things, but everyone is is unique, and that's why SSRIs yeah. help lots of people. Yeah. But then for some people, it does nothing and might just give them side effects and hurt them in in a variety of ways. So yeah. there isn't one treatment that's going to help everybody. But what I think, yeah. as we started off the show today, talking about psychedelics and how they've had such a bad reputation for decades and it's still coming out of that, that mm-hmm. I think it's important that people recognize there are alternative treatments that they maybe have their own biases. I know I have my own when I mm-hmm. would heard psychedelics and they're mm-hmm. coming, you know, people are like, Oh, that sounds like, that's just like, you know, some of them fade, like mm-hmm. some fad or some, mm-hmm. like something that's like not really helpful. But then like reading the research and seeing people's experiences, I was like, well, this mm-hmm. is a, this is the real deal. There's, mm-hmm. you know, real help here. So mm-hmm. again, it's not going to help everyone, mm-hmm. but I always think that we want to look at, what is the what's out there that can be yeah. helpful to me? And I think this is just definitely a whole area, and ketamine being yeah, one of them that can help al- many people. Right? It's it's an alter it's an alternative. Yeah. Route. 
Right. Yeah. And it's interesting that even when, as we say alternative, because I think that's going to change yeah. um, soon where it won't be considered alternative. <laughs> It'll be one of the, one of the tools, the you know, tools and, we'll be and resources. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we do have to wrap up for tonight, but maybe we'll have to have you come back on to discuss, yeah. discuss more things. I'm excited to go through my experience and appreciate yeah. you um, helping to facilitate all of that. But again, that was psychotherapist Anahita Kashefi talking about ketamine-assisted psychotherapy. That brings us to the end of tonight's show. A big thank you to Ghazala here in the studio. Also wanted to make sure you could check out uh, Anahita at Rising Minds Therapy. Is that right? Yeah. So um, my the, probably the best way to contact me is email, which is Ana, A-N-A, at risingmindtherapy.com. Or um, also, you could find me on Instagram at Rising Mind Therapy. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Thanks for adding okay. that. Uh, again, big thank you to Ghazali here in the studio. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Dalakwi. Be kind and take risks. Have a wonderful night. Mm-hmm.